This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, if you got your Bible, take out your Bible. If you got a phone with a Bible app, bust out your phone. We're going to be in two spots today. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We're also going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17 today. It's going to be a great day. Can you give it up for the worship team? They did an amazing, amazing, amazing job. So good, so good. All right. Uh, today, we're just kind of doing a little bit of a standalone uh, message. Next week, we're starting our series 123. Super excited uh, about that. Next week, we're actually going to be talking about offense. Ooh. Ah. Anybody ever been offended? The rest of you are liars, okay? The Lord's watching you and keeping record of that right now? No. No, we're going to talk about offense. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about offense in relationships, offense in marriage, offense in anything. It's going to relate to anybody in anybody's season of life. And uh, we're going to learn how to have victory in life uh, over it. So next week's going to be a great week. Uh, Make sure you're here. Make sure you invite somebody. Um, The series is going to be incredible. We have illustrations every single weekend. The building's going to look a lot different for the series. Make sure you invite somebody next week to the beginning of the series. But today, uh, my message is entitled, I See a Victory. We're going to talk about victory. And um, it was interesting. I saved my notes. Um, I have this documents that kind of save all of our messages through uh, the last few years. And I counted, I think there was 15 messages that I have on victory. And um, I thought to myself, that's interesting. I preach about victory a lot. Um, But I really believe, I really truly believe that Jesus came so that we could have the victorious life in him. Okay. And I hate hate, hate when the world waters down the word of God and and brings it down to what we would consider just our own understanding, okay? Does that make sense? Listen, God hasn't called us to live in our understanding. He's called us to live in his understanding, and his understanding is very different than our understanding. And so I refuse, refuse to just go, well, I don't understand this, so I'm just going to take the Word of God and bring it down to a level. Does that make sense? We are constantly going to challenge us, challenge this body to believe that, yes, God wants me to live in victory in him. Amen? That was weak. That was listen. Listen. I understand it's Labor Day. Okay, you're thinking about burgers and the tomorrow. But listen, come on. Give me, give me a few minutes. Give God a few minutes, and He will speak to you today. I promise. Okay? Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. It says this. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved this most important truth for you for last. It says this. Be supernaturally infused with strength through the life union with the Lord Jesus. 
supernaturally empowered, strengthened through what? Your relationship in Christ Jesus. Not religion, not coming to church Sunday to Sunday, not claiming I just believe in God, but in relationship that is alive and it's well and it's healthy, he says, I will supernaturally infuse you with what? Strength. Strength for today. Strength for the time. Strength for the season. Strength for the moment. It says this. Stand victorious with the forces of his explosive power flowing in you and through you. Love this, okay? This is such a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God, okay? And we have messed this up in the church, okay? We come week by week going, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. And God goes, yes, I will fill you, but then go get it out of you to somebody else. I didn't fill you for you just to stay full, for you just to hold it all in all the time. I filled you to give it out. To give it out. And let me be really clear, because I really truly believe this. I really believe that you may not know somebody on an elevator, but the Holy Spirit does. I don't know what it is about elevators, but I get on elevators and the Holy Spirit starts talking to me. I'm like, God, this is really weird. You know what I mean? It's already like claustrophobia. You know what I mean? It's just like kind of a cramped moment. You're trying not to make eye contact with people on elevators. And the Lord's always like, no, I want you to talk to that person. Holy Spirit knows. Holy Spirit knows what the cashier needs. Holy Spirit knows what your co-worker needs. Holy Spirit knows. So when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, he goes, I want to get it in you and out of you, in you and out of you constantly. And this is what Ephesians 6 is telling us. It says this in verse 11. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected to fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. That's what the enemy is, an accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under heavenly realms. For they are powerful classes of demon gods, evil spirits, holding this dark world in bondage. Verse 13. Because of this, you must wear the armor of God provides so you can be protected as you confront the slander. For you are destined for all these things and will rise victorious. Can I get an amen today, okay? So what is the word of God telling us? The word of God is telling us that there are moments in our life that we think we're fighting somebody else, okay? I promise you, when we are trying to buy this property, there was a few individuals that I thought, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. I mean, I'm really going to lose it. Like, I, like there, was, there was this moment, and Matt and Levi were with me out here in this parking lot. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to jail tonight. You know what I mean? Like, this, this, is, this is it. Okay? And you think you are fighting your boss 
Or you think you are fighting a person that you have this relationship with. And the Lord's going, no, 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 you're not fighting people. You are fighting hell that's coming against you to what? Steal, kill, and destroy your life. He says, you're going to have to learn how to have victory over you. So today I want to talk about victory. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. The thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I came to give you everything in abundance. Everything in abundance. More than you can expect in this life is the fullness until you overflow. Okay, so God and the devil agree on one thing. Okay, there is one thing, and it's this one word. It's this word, everything. Okay, they agree on this. Everything. Everything in life, God wants you to have what? Abundance, more, and overflowing. And I'm not preaching some hyper grace or hyper, you know, name it and claim it right now, okay? Let's not go there. I'm preaching God's truth. His heart for us is for you to be blessed, for you to be favored in everything, everything, okay? My mom, last year, dealt with some cancer stuff, had to go home to see her, okay? I'm in Chicago, and so I'm like, if I'm in Chicago, I gotta go shopping, right? Okay? It's just, it's what I like. Pastor Jeff likes to shop, okay? So I walk into one of my favorite stores called Zara, okay? Walk into Zara, and I see this jacket with this little pin. I don't even know what this thing is, but I was like, it's just cool. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a little pin. I'm like, this jacket is just a classy jacket, okay? My first thought, my very first thought was what? probably just way too much money, okay? So I walked away, and I'm just looking around, and actually Doug was with me on this trip, and Doug was trying on these um, shorts that were way too short for him, and a Hawaiian shirt that just didn't, didn't go, but he wanted, to, he wanted to get it for his wifey. And, and so I, we're doing this and laughing and having just a good time, and and I just come back around, and I just see the jacket again. And I'm like, I'm just going to I'm gonna grab that jacket. And I went and grabbed that jacket, and I looked at the price, and there was a big sticker on it that said clearance, $29.99. And I thought, I thought, amen. Yeah, just as like, praise God for our bank account. But you know what I thought? The Lord was just like, in everything. See, this may mean nothing to you, but God knows what means something to you. And he says, in everything, I know what you like. I know what you care about. I, I, I wired you. I made you. And I want you in everything. I want you to have the best. That's my heart for you. As a father. But the devil agrees on everything too. And he says, What? I want to steal, slaughter, and destroy everything. Nothing is off limits to the enemy. He will come in any door that you will possibly let him come into. 
He will try to take advantage of any situation he can. In everything, in little things. I remember when me and Jess first got married, okay? So I grew up with my grandparents. My grandpa had a new car every two years, okay? He liked a really, really clean car, okay? I didn't know that I was going to marry a woman that, yeah, yeah, that didn't care about a really, really clean car, you know what I mean? And you think, you think to yourself, well, what does that matter? Well, it mattered to me, but it mattered to her. And in everything, the enemy will come in and try to steal, kill, and destroy. You see what I mean? So he's interested in every detail of your life. He's interested in every part of your life. And he's interested in bringing what? Death and destruction into every area of your life. But Jesus said, I've called you to be what? Victorious in everything in life. We just have to learn how to be victorious. Does that make sense? We have to learn how to work with the Holy Spirit. We have to learn how to work with God in everything in this life. So we're going to do a little case study today, okay? Um, put up that picture for me of Caden, okay? Look at this beautiful little boy, okay? Okay? This is Caden, okay? This is Michelle Valley's um, little boy. Amazing kid. Little five-year-old, has a ton of energy. When service is done, he'll run in here. He'll jump into my arms, give me a big hug. Love this little boy, okay? Now, what's interesting about this little boy was when he was born, he was addicted to drugs, Grew up, you know, born into some really crazy stuff. And um, went into foster care. And I'm so, she's not even in here today. I think she's serving in the back. It's just so proud. Put up this next picture of Michelle Valley. Where is that? Right there. That's Michelle Valley. She goes to our church. She's a rock star for Jesus. She's a rock star for Jesus, okay? She was already a single mom with a couple kids, and the opportunity presented to her that she could take Caden out of foster care and bring him into her home and to take care of him, and she stepped up. The Lord challenged her, and she stepped up, and she said yes. How awesome is that, okay? And so Michelle Valley has these beautiful children, and she brings Caden into her home, okay? And for the last four and a half years, Caden, this is mom, and this is, this is his family, okay? And this is all that he knows, okay? And Michelle is an amazing woman. And a few weeks ago, she posted this message on Facebook. How many of you may have saw the message on Facebook? A few of us. We saw the message on Facebook, okay? And the message on Facebook kind of said this, okay? That the deadline was nearing for child services who had recently denied payments for Caden to go to daycare. Meaning what? If Caden can't go to daycare, that means that Michelle can't go to work. But Michelle has to go to work because that's the only income in their family, and she's taking care of three kids. So the original agreement was what? That the state would pay for Caden to go to daycare so that Michelle could go to work so that she could take care of the family. 
And so the state calls her up and says, hey, want to let you know, we can't do this anymore. We're not going to do this anymore. We're reneging on the agreement that we made when you took Caden into your home this year. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. In her, her just cry out, she states, you know, it's going to cost her, you know, about $280 a week that she does not have. And this happened back in July, on July 11th. I didn't even know it happened on July 11th. I didn't even know that she heard about this on July 11th. So what we're going to do today is this. We're going to take this story of Michelle and Caden, and then we're going to take the story in 1 Samuel 17 of David and Goliath, and we're going to kind of meld them together. I'm going to help you understand how God wants you to see victory and how God wants you to have victory in this life. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8, says this. Goliath stood and shouted and taunted across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I'm a Philistine champion, but you're only servant of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, I will be your slaves, but if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Verse 10. I defy the armies of Israel today and send one man to fight me. Verse 16 says this. For 40 days... Evening, morning, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israel army. Verse 23. As he was walking with him, meaning David, Goliath, the Philistine champion, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then, he, then David heard him shout his usual taunts to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israel saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen this giant, the man asked. He comes out each day and defies Israel. And the king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Four things we need to learn from this passage about how the enemy works in our life to steal, kill, and destroy. And the first one is this, intimidation. Intimidation. So what does the enemy do on July 11th? He intimidates Michelle, correct? That's what happens. Child Protective Services calls up, says, hey, we've been paying for this way too long. We can't pay for this anymore. We have a new administration. The new administration doesn't honor the old agreement. We're going to change what we've been previously doing and want to let you know you are on your own. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure Michelle felt intimidated in that moment. And the enemy comes just like he did with Israel through the giant, and he speaks lies over your life. He speaks lies over your future. He speaks lies to you to what? To intimidate you, to get you into fear, because he wants what? For you to back down and run away. This is what the Bible says Israel did. They see the giant, and what do they do? They're intimidated, fear arises, they back down, and they run away. He wants you to question. He wants you to lose hope. Did you get that? 
Okay? That's what, that's what the giant was. Okay? When you see a giant, you go, whoa, that is, that is way too much. Sometimes it's like, I, I, can't, I can't see beyond my broken marriage right now. I can't see beyond this bill that came in the mail that I didn't know was going to come into the mail. I can't see beyond this. All I see is what? Intimidation and fear. The second thing is this. Number two is, is a giant. Goliath is a giant. And sometimes we have problems in our life that feels like it's a giant. I'm sure in that moment, Michelle is feeling like, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to pay for this? I'm a single mom. I'm trying to provide for these three kids. I got to go to work, but he's going to have to go to daycare. This is a giant, huge problem. And we all face moments like this where the giant comes out, it's a huge problem, and we see the giant, and what? We can't see past the giant. Israel can't see beyond Goliath. They can't see that God is for them. They can't see that God wants them to win. They can't see that if they would just move, God would bless them and have their back. They can't see if they would just step out in faith, that God would see, oh my gosh. See, faith is risky. Faith's risky, and it is scary. But God goes, if you'll just step out, you'll see me step up for you. But they can't see it because all they see is the giant. See, the problem that Israel had is they didn't have a beautiful picture in their mind of that God was for them. See, you can only walk in faith to the degree that you believe God is for you. I can't stand in faith for something I don't believe in. So if I know the word of God and I know his promises and I know how big he is and I know that he loves me and he's for me, then I can step out in confident faith knowing that he's got my back. Now, let me, let me, this isn't in my notes. This is just the Lord right now, okay? I need you all to understand this, okay? Listen, you got to take steps. I know that you're like, okay, cool. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. That's awesome. No, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't get it, okay? You got to take steps, you, you got to just trust God. You just, you got to step out of the boat. You got to trust that your foot isn't going to go through the water. You got to trust that you're going to stand on the water. You got to trust. You just got to take steps sometimes. Okay? God's just waiting. He's waiting. He's not, listen, it's not that God's not for you sometimes. Sometimes you're frustrated with God because you're like, God, where are you? What's going on? And God's going, nope. I'm here, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting for you to take the first step. I'm waiting for you to get out of the boat. I'm waiting for you in action to show me that, guess what, Lord, I trust you. Does that make sense? 
the giant keeps speaking lies. I counted, it was 41 days from July 11th. 41 days that the enemy spoke over Michelle. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm bigger than this. The enemy's intimidating her, bringing fear. He wants to shrink her expectation of God. She wants her to have what? A small-minded, low expectation of God. That's exactly what I was talking about earlier, is shrinking down the word of God to just fit our everyday life. And God goes, no, I don't live in your box. I don't live in your thoughts. I live beyond your thoughts and what you believe and perceive in this world. Number three is Goliath. Goliath is the weapon formed. Right? And we all know, we sing the song, and, and we believe the word of God. It says, every weapon formed against us shall not prosper. But still, Goliath is the weapon formed. And Goliath is real. Did you get that? There's going to be times in your life that the weapon is formed, and you're going to go, that is real. And I have to deal with it. Make sense? So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does the enemy want? He wants Caden to go back to foster care. He, listen, the enemy had a plan from the moment Caden was born to steal, kill, and destroy his whole destiny. The kid's got so much destiny on him. And he's been trying to rob it from day one. And the enemy's mad, and so he comes back around. And he goes, I'll form a weapon against this kid. He's five years old. He doesn't even know a weapon's being formed against him. He doesn't even know the call and the destiny that he has on his life. He has no idea. The kid is called by God to do great things for the kingdom of God. And the enemy forms a weapon against him and says, we're going to steal what God has provided as provision for this kid. Right? So sometimes the weapon's real. Right? We have real emotions. We have real feelings. We have real moments where we're going, man, my marriage feels, it's real, real right now. It's real, real. Or what I'm feeling at work is real, real right now. Or the drama at school is real, real right now. And I'm really going through it at this moment right now. And it feels painful. And it feels overwhelming. And it feels like it's going to overtake me. It is real and it is standing in front of me right now. Anybody ever felt that way? No, I have. I know I have. Fourth one comes out of verse 32. David says, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. Saul's response is this. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replies. There's no way that you can fight the Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since your youth. The fourth thing is this. The enemy wants to make you feel like your request to the king is ridiculous. See? David's request to the king. And the king responds to David, no, you're ridiculous. 
So the enemy wants you to feel, especially in these moments, okay, that when you petition King Jesus, when you are in prayer, when you are in the car, when you're in the shower, and you're coming to your heavenly Father that says, cast your cares on me because I care. Talk to me because I want to help you. Come boldly to the throne of grace so that you may receive help. King Jesus goes, I want to help you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. But in these moments, the enemy makes you feel like you are ridiculous. How could you ask King Jesus for this? Do you even think that he has time for your piddly request? You are ridiculous to believe that this is going to work out for you. Ridiculous. You know what the enemy uses? He uses guilt, shame. Starts reminding you of the last Tuesday. Right? Last Tuesday when you lost your cool. Last Tuesday when you got in that argument. Last Tuesday when you didn't act through the Spirit of the Lord. You're like, yeah, I did not have joy that day. In Jesus' name, everybody at work knew that I did not have some joy that day. I made it real clear that I was unhappy last Tuesday at this job, okay? Right? He starts reminding you of last Wednesday. He starts reminding you of last Friday. He starts reminding you, what? It's guilt and shame. It's guilt and shame. Because if you have guilt and shame, how are you supposed to boldly become before the throne of grace? So this is what it looks like when I'm in guilt and shame. I come in, God, I know that I'm nothing. And God, I know that. You are probably frustrated at me. And God, I know, I know that I've been messing up and I've said the wrong things. And God's going, what is wrong with you? I gave my life for you. I shed my blood for you so that you could come boldly before me even when you are messed up. Oh, man, somebody's going to get free today, okay? God wants somebody to get free today. He says, you are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Not some days, not some moments. He said, all the time. So even when you do mess up, God goes, no, come into my throne. Come in and go, God, this is what's going on. You are my father. You love me. You're for me. You're not against me. You have my back. I need your help right now. And he goes, yes, son, daughter, give me your ridiculous requests. I don't make my kids go away when they have ridiculous requests. That's something the Lord talked to me really early on, being a father. He said, when they come to you with ridiculous requests, don't shun them and push them away. Because they will think that's how I work. Right? Some of us grew up in homes like that. We would ask for something ridiculous. We would want something ridiculous. And our parents would just kind of push us away or make fun of us or just kind of throw out a little word or a little jab at us. And it created this complex inside of us that we think, "Mm, I don't know if God is really that good and if God really wants to do it for me. Right? He has a ridiculous request. 
There's this show when Michael was little that we used to watch. It was called Donkey Alley, okay? Anybody ever seen Donkey Alley? Exactly. Nobody, okay? It was this little, yes, yes. It was this little Christian donkey show, okay? And in it, they would donkey, they would say to Donkey Alley, who do you think you are? Some kind of superstar. And they would make fun of him, okay? I, no, I promise you, it was just like that. Who do you think you are? Some kind of superstar. And they'd make fun of Donkey Ollie for his requests. That's what the enemy does to us. He goes, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I don't know you, but you are struggling, questioning who you are. (laughs) And the Lord knew you were going to be here today. And he said, I want to put an end to that. I know who you are. I designed your life from the beginning of time. I know the exact plans I have for you, and I haven't forgot about them, the Lord says. You forgot about them, but I haven't forgot about them. And I just need you to come boldly before my throne, and I'll restore everything the enemy's been trying to steal from you. Everything. He's got his hand upon your life. I promise you this. So Drew sends me this post. I read the post. I have a righteous anger in me. You know when it's a righteous anger? It's not a, like anger. It's like a righteous anger. Like, no, the enemy, you are, you are a fool for trying to mess with this little boy. You are a fool. And my first thought was, I'm just going to fix this. This is not happening on my watch. He is not going back to foster care. And if I'm going to pay for it, I'm going to pay for it. I don't care. I'm going to fix this. Okay? So I go and I pray. And the Lord, this is what the Lord says to me. He says this. I didn't ask you to fix this. So this is why the Holy Spirit is really important. Because you will step outside of what God's asking you to do. And sometimes it's with good intentions. But God goes, I didn't ask you to pay for this. I didn't ask you to fix this. So then the next question is, Lord, what are you asking me? He said this, I need you to see the victory that I've already set up. Hmm. I need you, through spiritual eyes, to see the victory that I've already set up for Michelle. I have it all set up. I said, okay, Lord. I said, what do you really want me to do then? He said this. I want you to declare the word of the Lord over Michelle in this situation. This is why you have a mouth. This is why your mouth is powerful. This is why Proverbs says your mouth can bring either life or death. Because your mouth has the power to speak heaven. To speak out what God is speaking. To say what God is speaking. To say what God is for and what God is against. So your words are powerful. So he says, declare. This is what David does. Okay? Verse 43. The giant says this. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come with me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. 
Verse 43 says, Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. But you know what David does? He doesn't get intimidated. And David does what? He declares the word of the Lord over him. He says this. Verse 45, David replies to the Philistine, You come with me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This is a big deal. Goliath has defied God. Verse 46, Today the Lord will conquer you, I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. Love the Bible. We should make this a movie, okay? We got action movie. David, little 13, 14-year-old, say, I'm going to cut your head off. And I'm going to give, and I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know there's a God in Israel, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. This is the Lord's battle. Whoo! Did you hear that? David goes, it's not my battle. This is the Lord's battle. Did you get it? There's so many times you are fighting in the flesh and the Lord goes, nope, this is the Lord's battle. I just need you to have some faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Listen, David is saying this. Yes, you are intimidating. I asked during worship, how many of you have been intimidated by something? I would say probably 70% of the room raised their hand. And if I was really honest, if we're all really honest, we'd probably all say, yeah, there's something that the enemy's been intimidating me on. There's something. Okay? David's saying, yes, you are a giant. I totally recognize that you're a giant. He says, yes, you are the weapon formed against me. And you're real, and you're here, and this moment feels really real. And David goes, yes, I've asked a ridiculous question to the king. But David goes, if I remember right, I know that my God's for me. (laughs) See, this is what Isaiah 54, verse 17 says. But in the day coming, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Doesn't mean it won't be formed. Doesn't mean it won't feel real. Doesn't mean that there will be a giant or a mountain or a moment in front of you. But it says, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Talking to Wesley's the other day. We were talking about when Bo, when Bo, when Bo was born. Okay, when Bo was born, they told him, they told the Wesleys, he'll be a vegetable the rest of his life. A weapon was formed 
But God goes, nope, it won't succeed. He'll go to school, he'll learn, he'll grow up, he'll become a great man of God. There was a weapon formed, but God goes, I'm bigger than the weapon. I need you to see the victory that I have coming. I need you to see beyond this giant. I need you to stand in faith. Amen. Romans 8, verse 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. Yes! Yes! Every detail of your life is woven perfectly together for God's plan. Every detail of bringing good into your lives. So what happens? She comes to church. We pray over her. She was sitting right over there last Sunday. We declare the word of the Lord over her. We prayed over her. And 24 hours later, 24 hours later, she sends me this message yesterday at JWord2323. Pastor Jeff prayed in my Elevate Church, prayed over the situation during service. We prayed that the daycare tuition problem would be resolved so that my family could remain without any additional financial stress. This morning, I received an email saying that the county has agreed to follow through with their promise. Amen. Amen. They will continue paying daycare tuition until Caden is ready to go to kindergarten. Praise hands, praise hands, heart, hashtag, I see a victory. Amen. Why don't you stand up this morning? Verse 50, David triumphs over the Philistine. Said the Philistine, said David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. For he had no sword. Why didn't David have a sword? So that he couldn't take the glory. So he couldn't have the glory. Did you see what just happened? God got all the glory. God just got all the praise. God got all the glory for what he just did in her life. Amen. Sometimes God goes, I don't need you to have a weapon. The weapon is this. It's me. I'm your weapon. I'm your victory. I'm your strength. And I just need you to trust me. Amen. So. We've sang this song two weeks in a row. We're going to sing it three weeks in a row. There is anointing on this song. It's an anthem that God is building in our house. I believe that we are going to see victory in Elevate Church. More and more and more victory. I believe me and Bill were praying the other night. Bill was praying it out. We're going to see the miraculous in Elevate Church. We're going to see bodies healed. We're going to see people restored. We're believing now for just a little bit, but we're believing for all that God has in store. Amen. We're believing God for the victory because he's called us to live the victorious life in Christ Jesus. So what do you need victory today? You speak it out to the Lord. Declare to the enemy, the Lord is for me. He is not against me. And we will succeed and not fail. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.